What will you do when they find me? Don't be scared of yourself. Don't be scared of me. Don't be scared of yourself. Hi, I'm Dawn. And I'm Ashley. We would like to welcome you to the Work It, You Are Worth It podcast. Where two friends sit around and talk about healing, growth, and healthy relationships. I will find you. You will ask, what will you do when they find me? Hey, Ashley. Hey, Dawn. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm, I'm wonderful. You're wonderful. I just think of... I am. I had to think about that for a minute because it's been a really, it's been a crazy, intense week, but I am wonderful. Last week, just to remind everybody, you had mentioned early in the podcast about automatically go to I'm good and write to use three syllable words to describe how we're doing. Uh huh. So I, I did that last week after we hung up when I got in bed. I'm like, <laughs> let me look up three syllable words. And yeah, I like that That's actually. Hilarious. I've actually been all day at work like today. Somebody was like, hey, Ashley, how are you? And I was like, I'm fine. And I was like, he was like, what? You're fine? And I was like, no, I am fantastic. And he said, don't you mean fan fantastic? And I was like, yes! <laughs> yes. And we're good. That was it. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, so I really liked that. I That, that stuck, with, stuck with me all week. So, yeah. yeah. So I have to tell you something. Um Last week when we were talking um, and we were, we, we kind of touched on the fact of, you know, your growth and where you're at. It's been two years. And again, congratulations on two years. And I got really kind of emotional last week because I don't know, I just, uh, I just to see your growth, I, it's, it's amazing. But I found myself all week being in these situations where I, so my emotions have been kind of hypersensitive and I don't I don't not hypersensitive that's probably not a good word but I've just been brought to tears this week it's like I found this place where I'm so in so connected to my emotions that I've actually I think I cried like four times last week it's so crazy you say that on it is so I literally said to Nick this morning as I was crying about the stupidest little it's not stupid but it's, it's just like this most non-influential situation at work. Like it means it has so very min- such a minimal situation. And I literally went outside on break time specifically to find Nick because I was on the verge of tears crying for the third morning in a row over very menial situations. Wow. Now... I will not say mine have been menial because they've been very much something that I've, I'm passionate about or I could feel it to the core. But I think we're both kind of in the same boat. Like I never cried before. Like, I mean, I would cry, right? I'd cry because I was so pissed off. Um, And then it was (laughs) like, then it was just anger, anger tears. I would specifically have to watch this movie. It was called Summersby, and it had Jodie Foster and Richard Gere in it. And, or um, Father of the Bride. Both of those movies were my movies to go to if I needed a good cry. And I would not cry any other way. See, so I've always been the kind of person, very similar, but 
my crying would one come from anger when if you had me so angry i was crying you better freaking like my kids used to say all the time if she's angry enough to cry go just leave just (laughs) leave the house and go find something to do um i have not been that angry in a very 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 long time thankfully um the other way that i would cry otherwise i would until somebody passed away i would hold it all in and then when someone passed away every single feeling and emotion of sadness and grief and it would all just flood out like catastrophic like and i never realized i was doing it but those were the only two times that i would cry yeah isn't it it's so i never would have thought about it before like i didn't think about it before it was just like i just don't cry and it was and i right right i i don't know about you but i heard growing up right if you're gonna cry i'll give you something to cry about you better stop crying or i'm gonna give you something to cry about all the time so i learned very quickly not to cry yep i learned very very quickly that crying just made people angrier yes crying made everything worse all the time like even to the point like so when I say these were menial, menial situations, like they weren't, none of it was, there were a couple things that were a big deal, but like the thing today wasn't a big deal at all. And I, I was angry at myself. Like, why am I crying about this? This isn't me. This isn't, and I was, it took me a second to be like, it's okay, dude. Like, it's okay that I feel sad. Maybe it's not really about this situation. That means nothing. Maybe this is residual sadness from last week or right earlier in the week when my grandfather passed away maybe it's residual sadness from that just trying to come out but I was like I felt it very intensely like it was not a very intense important situation but the sadness that I felt surrounding the intense situation I felt at an unreasonably intense level this week was this the first week you, because for me, I mean, I, I would tear up here and there and write or we talk about something or right? but this is the first week for me that I have, it's, it's like, it's just been there and yeah, it's what, what, I guess I find it so strange and it's almost like odd to talk about because this is such a new thing for me, even right, even in the beginning through recovery, right? I've been in recovery, it'll be five years, like, and this is something new that I've just been given, like, like this week. Um, so, you know, talking to you was one of the situations. And then I went to a oh, Wednesday night in our, my, um, in the step study, they were, that something was being talked about and I found myself in tears then just very moved and emotional. Um, Friday night, I went out with my, um, my new group of people and somebody asked my opinion as a mother. She's struggling Ah. with something in her family and she's like, you know, I would like to get you guys' opinion. And she looked at me and I am the only mother in the group. Wow. Yeah. And she asked me, she's like, I'd really be interested from to hear from your standpoint as a mother, what you think I should do. Very similar situations. Not like the things that happened. No. But like, but, but like, right. So like, 
one of the things like today they did a move around with the offices at work and i have this really neat mobile space that is made for what i need to do but i don't have i have to do a lot of research also and i don't have a desk with a monitor i have a laptop Mm -hmm. um and i have multiple programs multiple windows i'm trying to jump back and forth between things and i have a laptop and I'm 40 years old. My eyesight is going. I don't have glasses. Like, so one of the things that I cried over was that I was overwhelmed because I couldn't see my screen one day. And then I cried because I didn't get a desk when they moved all the desks around. Don't look. I, I have a workstation. I have an area. And then I cried. Of, I don't even remember. What was it? Oh, Because Cameron got a boyfriend. My 11-year-old has her first boyfriend. And I bought made me cry. So, and, right, so none of these things are things that would have brought me to tears or the verge of tears at any other time that I can remember in my life. Now, all of a sudden, this week, it's like, and, and I, I think I'm saying what you were trying to say, too. It's like, it's like I can feel this feeling, and I can acknowledge this feeling, and I can let it pass unless I need to say something. And I did. I actually went to my boss, and I said, hey, listen, I think I need an area. I don't think this workstation thing like, it's great, and it's great when I'm on the move, but when I'm doing the research, I, I just can't see it. I, I really think I need an area, right? So I was able to feel those feelings and look at them and say, okay, is this something I need to do something about? Or, like with Cameron having a boyfriend, am I just feeling some kind of feeling? Right. And then I was able to consciously choose what to do with it. And then let it go. I don't think I had the room inside of me before. Right? I was so full of old patterns and old emotions that I had stuffed down for 40 years. And, like, all of these things that were so terrifying to look at. And I was so full of all of that stuff that I didn't have room to feel these little emotions. Because these little emotions were, right, the straw that broke the camel's back. Oh, yeah. So those little emotions got shoved down before they could even be acknowledged. Now I have the space to feel these little, little emotions, I guess. Um, And it's just so new. And and like, even Nick said today, he was like, honey, I'm, I'm just not really sure what to do with this. Like, I'm not used to seeing this, and I don't know what you need from me when you're doing this. And I was like, I think I just need you to give me a hug and tell me it's okay. I'm not really sure either. Right? right. right. I'm, I'm not used to feeling this. Right. You're. I mean, you're, like, navigating. Like, I, and I think that's the thing. It's like, and that's why, you know, when I brought it up to you, it's like, I, I'm navigating through this because for the first time in my life, Like, I've always been asleep my entire life. Like, literally, I was going through life asleep. So I was numb. Like, I didn't have... Even when I was angry, it was like... It wasn't a feeling that I was angry, right? It was... Does that make any sense? It was just such... I was like almost on... I know what you mean. I I do know what you mean. 
like I was, I felt feelings. I did, but they were like it was almost like I dipped into those old emotions for a moment. Right, my feelings weren't. Hmm. And that's exactly, I think I just shocked myself, John. <laughs> so it's like, instead of feeling the feelings that were appropriate for the situation that was happening then, because I was stuck in that emotional trauma that I hadn't processed, I would just dip into that feeling. It, so like you were trying to say, I wouldn't actually feel the feeling, like, but I would feel the emotion. Right. So I was dipping into those old emotions from those old traumas and I was taking those old traumas out on these new situations and now I've processed those old traumas I've processed those old feelings so I have the space inside of me to feel these new ones that are appropriate to these situations I think that's what I think that's what it is because I never knew I can look back and I don't remember. I remember being happy when obviously my, my children were born. I remember that. But outside of like those really monumental, like typical, okay, you should be excited. You should be happy in these moments that, you know, that's what we're, you know, we're taught to be. I never was engaged in those emotions to be able to truly have a, and to use your terminology, have the space to be able to feel them. Almost like it was just these automatic feelings that I was taught to feel, and they weren't authentic emotions. That's interesting. And I see what you're saying, right? And I think they weren't authentic emotions because I was dipping into those unhealed traumas those unhealed emotions instead of feeling the ones relative right so like when I say I was on the verge of tears I'm not talking this ugly cry like right I felt right but I felt these emotions like I was like oh am I feeling like an outcast oh why do I feel like that and I was able to like take it in and acknowledge it and go and sit and I'm, I'm almost in tears right now. It's hilarious. It's not hilarious, because, but it's so new. But I was able to go and sit with it and to feel it for a minute and to talk to myself through it in the moment and let it go instead of, one, shoving it down before I felt it, which I would have done before, or two, becoming angry and taking it out on someone else, which I would have done before. Um, or three, I don't know what three would be, just pretending it didn't even happen. And but I guess that would just be shoving it down before I could feel it. Um, so I have a thought on that. So I would take, for me, three would be, because I agree with the first two. But the third one, for me, I was not that person was going to let cry in front of others. I never cried in front of others. Again, I was, right, I'll give you something to cry about. Um, but I would just lose it by myself i would go hide god i was so in so i that right my little dawn all day long i would go and i would hide and i would cry and i would cry ugly tears and i would clean myself up put on my face right just like this and i when i say put on my face kind of like this mask that i was wearing all the time 
and I would go back out into the, like, come out of my hiding spot and go on with life like nothing ever happened. Absolutely. And that mask is so, it's hilarious that you say that. I keep saying stuff is hilarious, but it's not hilarious. It's right. So it's just <laughs> ironic. I, I, what is ironic. That's yeah. what it is. Because I, well, because the mask, I've been talking to my son about it all week. So he's into this TikTok stuff. And, oh, yeah. Um, there was talk about, right, once upon a time, borderline autism or Asperger's. And I never... I never had him diagnosed. I never right. followed through on that because he is he is extraordinarily intelligent. We have worked through this in other ways. So side um, note. I say that. Side note. Colin. Yes. Colin. Same thing. Gotcha. Okay. And same that exact. explains why I keep saying they're so familiar. Yep. Same exact thing. They're so similar. I mean, yeah. Um, so the reason I bring that up is because he's been watching these TikToks um, and he says to me all the time, Mom. I mask. And so we've been talking a lot lately about what a mask is and how many people mask on a day-to-day basis and what that mask consists of. And I realized this week in talking to him and again, more recovery and thought processing of our conversations. Right. um, I mask all the time. I have a very specific mask at work and crying and being angry do not fit into that mask. Um, like I w- when I cried, I like I was upset at eight a.m. But I waited until nine before before it was break time, so I could go outside and, and be away from everybody in the office to where I felt safe to feel that. That and is, that is masking. It is masking, but I, I love because I in my head I've been over here thinking about this right. That is one of the things that has been different for me this week. When I have been, when I have been brought to tears, I am with, I'm, I'm with people, but I think the difference is I am now associating myself with safe people. I know where I'm safe, that it's okay for me to not have my mask on. Right. Well, and right. And, and I hear that, right? For me, allowing myself to feel that in front of Nick is huge. Right. Um, for, for me, actually just allowing myself to feel that is huge, let alone feel that in front of someone. To be that vulnerable. You, that vulnerable. Right. Six months ago, I would not have been able to take my own inventory enough to realize that I was feeling like an outcast because I didn't get a desk. No one made me feel, I was not treated like an outcast. I have an amazing mobile workstation that when I'm done with my training will be absolutely everything I need. It's not what I need right now. And yes, I was upset about that, but I was not, it wasn't a logic. Like I didn't have to, I don't know how to say this. I was able to actually feel that, work through it and resolve it where six months ago, Feeling that the fact that I felt like an outcast, acknowledging the fact that I felt like they were pushing me out when, again, I want to say very specifically, that was not at all what was happening. Right. Acknowledging that I felt that way and being able to talk to myself and, and, and realize that it had nothing to do with that 
And then being able to feel safe enough with Nick or even just any other person to allow that emotion out once I had worked through it. Right. I was very sad that I felt that way. Um, I've done a lot of work to know that I am more than good enough. And I know these people that I'm working with now have gone out of their way to show me how appreciative they are and to tell me how, what an amazing job I'm doing. And right. Like, like I know these things and yet I'm still the same. Like I'm still me. I'm still dealing with these traumas. These things are still going to come up for me. And I was able to work through it. And I was able to share it with my significant other who I've not previously been able to share things like that with and have a good outcome. So to be able to do all that while I wish I hadn't have felt like an outcast at all, right? While I wish I had been able to walk in and go, oh my God, that's so amazing for you guys. Look how great that is. And, and not have felt any type of negative feeling. That's not what happened. And it's okay that that's not what happened. I have traumas that I'm working through. Right. I think the thing about it is, though, those are not going to ever go away completely. Right? I'm sure this thought process didn't last three weeks, right? And you, like you... Oh, no. Like in old patterns, right? In old in the old way, right? It would have lasted forever and then it would have... I mean, your- maybe an hour. Maybe. Right. For the whole entire pro And after that hour was over, I actually did go to my boss and say, hey, I don't think this workstation is going to be enough. Um, and, and she did. She was very quick to say, we will get you what you need. Let me know. Right. Give it a couple weeks. Try it out. Let me know what you need. We'll get you what you need. So you realized it. You processed it. Crying, whatever. Doing the work, mm-hmm. recovery work. And then resolved it in an hour. Hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah. And ask for what you needed. That's pretty darn good. Yeah, right? Right, where six months ago or a year ago, I don't know, two years ago for sure, I would have taken that personally and just taken it into myself and held it in there forever, like, look what they did, when really nobody did anything. And the problem with that is, for me, what would have happened in that situation, right, I would have continued to carry it with me. And I personally struggle with that with my manager (laughs) now, not because of now but the be the prior recovery feelings that I had where she doesn't like me she's out to get me she's out right I'm less than even if now you know that's not true it does like that's kind of like we talked about battle that we go through for for recovery right so I will always have those old patterns those old thoughts those old habits crop up and I will always have to battle to win them. However, as time goes on, that battle will be much further in between. It won't last nearly as long and it won't be nearly as hard. Right. Um, and And I think, right, six months ago, that battle would have taken a couple of days. A year ago, that battle would have taken months. Two years ago, I would have held on to that thing forever. (laughs) And now it took an hour and it was done. Yeah. That's gross, right? And and then here you were, it, there what you were able to he- feel those feelings right in front of those people, let them out, speak your piece, and 
and go on with it. So it's really interesting what the conversation was on Friday. And I won't tell the whole story, but I will tell you basically uh, overall. Um, this person was um, is struggling with something. Her niece is struggling struggling with something. And she didn't, her niece confided in her and she didn't know what to do with it. And she, so she was asking me what she, from a mother, mom's perspective, what would I want somebody to do? So I paused, right? Because that's one of the beautiful gifts I've been given as well in recovery is the ability to pause for a moment and actually collect my thoughts instead of just opening my mouth. Right. <laughs> and... I, re- I said to her, I said, is she at risk of harming herself? She told me the answer to that. And I was like, then I feel like she needs, you know, I, she needs a safe space. And as a mother, I, no matter how much I want to know what's going on with my children, I also know that is not realistic. And I said, what I want more as a mother is to know my child has a place to go that is safe. It's not about me. It's about them. And so for me, this week has been such a journey of realizing that I have found a place in my life where I feel safe. And that's overwhelming for me. That's amazing. To feel safe within yourself, no matter what, to be able to be vulnerable because you're not at risk is outstanding. I remember a time when we were talking about vulnerability and that was one of the most difficult things to imagine is why would I put myself out there for people to tear me down? I'm not going to be vulnerable. It's, it's amazing to say, and what you're saying by saying I feel safe is I can be vulnerable and I'm still okay. Right. I can be me. I don't have to put on my mask anymore because I've put myself with people that care about me in my authentic self, who I am, who Dawn is. Or maybe it's because even if those people weren't around, you know you would be okay. Oh, 100% okay. Right? Like maybe, yes, surrounding yourself with people who love you regardless is important. Yes, I need to be able to be vulnerable with the people I choose to have in my life. And yes, that which I surround myself with rubs off onto me and I become absolutely without a doubt. And if I didn't feel safe within myself, I still wouldn't feel safe with them no matter how safe they were. So not only are you feeling safe with other people, but you must have found some sort of security within yourself as well. I'm a little over here, a little mind blown. (laughs) That's, um, and it's funny you say the stuff about the kids and the best friends and, and, or best friends, the kids and, and the safe place. So, my best friend and I, Marsha, I love you. I don't I don't know if she listens. Anyways, she's not codependent at all. She's really not. And I remember God eight eight, nine years ago asking her all the time, How do you just let things go? Oh, you just like say your piece and then you just let it go. 
I, I, I probably drove her crazy. She'd be like, I don't know, Ashley. I just do. <laughs> like, how though? Like, it was crazy. I love her so much. <laughs> Anyways. And she's the we one you went to friends. Ireland with, right? Yes. 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 We have been best friends since um, Cameron, my 11-year-old, was in the infant room. So we have been best friends for 10, 10 and a half years, I'll say. Um, I've known her for about 18 years, 15, 17 years. But we've been really good friends for about 10 and a half. Um, And one of our promises that we made to each other and to each other's children was if your kid comes to me with something that is not going to hurt, right? Are you physically going to harm yourself for lifelong process or someone else? If the answer to that is no, then what that child needs is a safe, reliable, healthy adult that they can come and talk to and your child can trust me. Honey, I'm not going to share it with your mom unless it is really a danger to you. Exactly. And I know my kids have gone to her. My two oldest, for sure, I know have gone to her with things. And I, I do know her youngest has come to me with things. And we do not share them with each other unless it is something absolute. And that time has come too, right? At one point, one of the kids came to one of us with something and, and we had to share it. Uh, and we did. And we handled it together. And mm-hmm. we supported that child. And we're still working through stuff, uh, but it's gotten a hell of a lot better for sure. Right. And that's just how it is. They need a safe place sometimes. Trust is important. It, and I know for me growing up, I never, I mean, the only place that I felt 100% safe, safe was at my grandparents' house. When I look back at the truly happy times in my childhood, those are my happy memories. But it wasn't a it wasn't a place that I would would have felt comfortable even going to, using my words to tell them something. It was just my happy place. But I feel like that for me was very much has always been myth, missing. And I think you're right. I think for once in my life, I'm realizing it really wasn't missing. The problem is. And we talked about this last in last week's podcast, that disconnect that I wasn't all one. Right. You weren't feeling it. Right. I am enough to be safe. So the impact that this is having on me right this moment is that I'm I'm sitting here and I'm processing. And when you said that you felt safe at your grandparents and that was really your happy place, not that you would just speak your piece. I don't, I I am sitting here trying to find or think of the time that I had a safe place or a happy place. And there's this one time, actually there's, there's a few times, but it's, it's kind of, it's crazy how similar it is to now. But even as a kid, like once upon a time, my dad had a trailer and I lived with my mom, but we'd go visit my dad on the weekends and Next door to this trailer was this this horse stable. And there was this one horse that had given birth to a foal. He only lived there for one summer, one year, one summer break. And I remember going out and I would get into the stable with the horse. And and thank God nobody knew it because I would have gotten so much trouble. That was the only (laughs) rule was you cannot go into the stables with the mom horses. Right. Um, But I would would go into the stable 
And I would just sit in the corner and watch this mother horse and her foal. And I think I was, gosh, I was 12, 13, 12 and 13 at that point. And that was the only place I felt that it's kind of crazy because when you think about a 12-year-old, 13-year-old little girl out by herself in the middle of nowhere in a stable with a horse and her baby, that horse that had just given birth no less that doesn't know her. Like, I have a 11 and a half year old. Like, I would kill her. Like, what are you doing, child? Are you crazy? But that was my safe place. Like, my diary wasn't safe. My bedroom wasn't safe. My mom would go through my diary. She would go through my room. She would go through my mattress. My dad was always in and out and moving. And there was never a safe or, and even still to this day, it is very much that When I need to ground myself and I need to reconnect, I go outside. I go to nature. I go to animals. How odd. We lived very close to my grandparents, lived with my grandparents up until the time I was probably six. But at home, I didn't, right? It wasn't safe. It didn't feel safe. And I told you I would go get in my doghouse with my German shepherd. And you were like, oh, you're so lucky. You did it. And I never... Like, to me, that wasn't even, it It made me think of you and the going in the stables. Like, right, I grew up, we had horses growing up. My dad had horses growing up, right? I grew up around horses. I grew up riding um, from the time I was early teens. And we knew you don't go around the horse, right? Especially crawling in their... their oh, yeah. <laughs> Sitting just... on the ground, in the hay, <laughs> in a back corner, while the mom and the baby were, right, the baby's just learning how to stand. Like, it was wobbly on its legs still. That's how young this foal was. Um, wow. And mom and foal were in the stall. And I climbed <laughs> in the stall. And and when I say right at 11 and a half, I was like 4 foot 6, 70 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> Tiny little nothing. Like, one kick from that horse would have crushed my entire skull. And that was my safe place. But she was, I don't, there was just something about that mother, that, that, that horse was so nurturing. And that foal would get up and its little legs would wobble and its mom would just nuzzle its belly a little bit and give a little push. And that there was, like, to see that big, powerful animal with this itty-bitty, frail baby and me just this teeny little thing sitting there with my childhood and what I had known. I I, I can't put words to the powerfulness of just the hope that that brought me. Like, look, if a horse can do this, if an animal can do this, that is instincts. And if this mother horse has instincts to nurture and love, right? And this is hindsight. This is my, 39-year-old adult mind putting words to my 11-year-old kid body mm-hmm. and brain, right? Like, I never connected that until now. Like, if, if, if that horse can love that baby like that, then moms can love their daughters. I'm sorry, mom. I know you loved me. I know you love me. I know my mother loves me. That 11-year-old little girl did not feel like her mother loved her and because of that sitting there and watching that horse love her foal which was nothing but animal instinct gave that 
little me hope. I guess hope that my mother is above me. And, I, you know, we've talked about this so many times, but, you know, you, like you said, you know your mother loved you. You know she still loves you. She was loving you. My mother loved me the best way they knew how at that time. Logically, we know that. However, the little girl in you needed more. Knowing that my mother loved me the absolute best way she knew how does not take away the pain of that little girl longing for that natural instinct that a mother, that I thought a mother should have. And I feel the need to say my mother does have that. She grew from what she had to where she was. I, again, can't put words to the level of growth there. And it's important to acknowledge that that little girl, she didn't feel that. She didn't understand that. She couldn't. But that's processing, right? I just, that this whole conversation just brought that all. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting that tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just security, right? Safety. We Safety. find it where we can. And when we get it within ourselves, we can be ourselves wherever we are. Yeah. It's funny how it evolves, right? Like, I can see the evolution. So, right, when I look at me as a little girl, I find my safety, security, even you as a little girl, outside, out of ourselves with something else, an animal, a doghouse, and the dog protecting you, right? My grandparents lived on a farm. My grandpa was a farmer. I grew up on a farm. So, yeah, animals outdoors all day. Right. And and that was where it was safe. Yep. Um, And then as we got older, we found our safety. I found my safety or tried to find my safety in that. 100%. Tried to find my safety in controlling. Yep. Tried to find my safety in succeeding. Mm -hmm. I've tried to find my safety in my children. Yeah. And when all of that has failed me, here I am learning to find my safety within myself. And here you are finding your safety within yourself. And then that allows me to be a safe place for others. Right. Isn't it crazy how all of that just intertwines? I'm going to take this one step further. When I feel that safety within myself, I no longer find other people threatening because I don't take their crap personal. I've had a big shift over the last few weeks I told you this a few weeks ago, right? I did this meetup group and met these, you know, these people. And that's who I was taught, you know, was talking to this week and met with another friend of mine um, this weekend. And I have not thought about now. I'm Okay. When I say I haven't thought about, I mean, there's not, I'm not saying that's not been a flicker, but to thought, to obsess, to write, to really, I want, wish, think about the future, a romantic relationship in weeks because no longer do I need a man or a romantic partner to feel safe because I bring that to the table now. Isn't that crazy? It is. And I honestly, just being 100% real, a year ago in recovery, I would have never thought I would have that feeling. Never, never. Hell, I'm not even going to say a year ago. I'm going to say two months ago. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I think doing this podcast and then listening to ourselves do it is making a huge difference in our our growth and our. I keep saying level up, like right, yeah. like it's like 
Like, if you could picture Super Mario, like, I just leveled up to the next level. Like, I I'm never, leveling up. Like, oh. I never, the, the, that of all the things for doing this podcast was the last thing I would have expected. That my, I mean, right, we talked about this. We're doing this for ourselves. Let's just do this. Let's, you know, we'll have a conversation. I never would have said, I'm going to level up every time I have a conversation with Ashley and right you and I've been working together for two years and I I have been but I honestly didn't expect it to be what it is in my own growth I did not me neither at all not at all not even a little bit right right so for years I have had people tell me you need to do a podcast you need to do a podcast you need to uh, my friend Alex has told me forever that I need to do a podcast. And being in CODA, that there have been multiple people say, and I know you've heard it also, mm-hmm. you need to do a podcast. So one day we just decided to do a podcast. Now, when I was like, all right, all right, I'm in, let's do it. My thought process was, eh, this will be fun. Maybe somebody will hear it. And maybe one person or two people will take something away from what I'm sharing here and and I can help someone else. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that by sharing, right, recording this podcast and having this conversation and then listening to it before it posts <laughs> or again when it posts, right? So on every podcast I listen, I, I share it and then I listen to twice. And I know with you editing, you, ed- you listen to it a heck of a lot more than that. I think that it it's just something to do with putting it out into the universe, speaking it out there, and then listening to it and taking it in again, and putting it out there again. Just it it just really just levels it up, like it drives it home. And I know that like going into work in the morning and I'm listening to our podcast and I'm going, oh yeah, yeah, I really do want to do that. I mean that. I'm not just saying that. I, and it just kind of reminds me yeah. of the things that I'm feeling and thinking and saying when we record. So you're right. I do, you know, obviously when I'm editing, I'm listening to, to it over and over and over. And But that I found that I don't, I'm not listening to it, right? I'm listening to flaws, we'll say, in, right? That's what I'm focused on. But I have started, I upload it to OneDrive, and then usually... After I've created the final thing, I listen to it while I'm, you know, at work and before it ever, I ever post it or, you know, cause right, we've got, we've got some, we've got a backlog though. I listen to it and then I'll finally put it up there for, you know, to release. But then I also listen to it when it comes out. Right. So three times at least. Me yeah. Too. Yeah. Minimum. Like, right. And I get something out of it that I didn't hear the time before every single time. And I, I know I share with you probably what once a week, right? Somebody said this, Hey, I got this from somebody. Hey, I got that from somebody. Never did I expect this podcast. Yes. I right, I did not expect what I've gotten out of it, but what my mom has gotten out of it. Yeah, I mean, I get so many text messages from her. You and Ashley are this, and you and Ashley are this, and I sat here calling, <laughs> and I shared a few weeks ago the one that came out two weeks ago, the Super Bowl story, where this you know one of my sponsees had these feelings, and then she was given this beautiful gift with her children, and you know she texted me, and I shared that with you, and 
people were we are reaching people and just giving them a different a different way to look at things because I think they're hearing it through our own revelations. Right. Right. I mean, heck, look at tonight. Carissa made her revelations tonight. <laughs> know right and all we were like i was just like hey i've been crying all week and you're like me too and then i'm like wait 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 let's put it on you know who knew who knew higher power higher power (laughs) higher power without a doubt higher power always knows right and before the podcast tonight i was sitting there thinking like "Mm, maybe we'll have a shorter one tonight because i don't really know what we're going to talk about we don't really have much isn't that how it always goes exactly right and like so, I, right, I told you my sinuses are bothering me. I feel horrible. And I'm like, oh, no, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And that was the first thing you said to me. Well, we'll just make it a shorter one. Um, <laughs> well, we're at like 51 minutes. So, but no. On that note. <laughs> on that note. Um, I thank you for this. Like, right, I, I didn't realize. Thank you for pointing out to me because the one thing I did not consider was that I was feeling safe in myself. And I think, and and that's really what, for me, that's what it is. And um, thank you for giving me that um, awareness that I didn't realize. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And look, I never realized just how important that safe place was as a child. And until tonight, I never realized that I never felt that. So I've just been given another piece of my puzzle that it, it, right, it's like, like the blinders like those blinders have come off just a little bit more like oh there's that light there shine it right that's what I gotta look at and it's just I don't know it's an amazing feeling it really is all right Ashley thank you so much thank you listeners um check out the website check out the you know prior podcasts they come out on Tuesday we would love to have questions we haven't really gotten any or some topic suggestions or um I know last week we read a letter that was um, somebody wrote to themselves working on their inner child. Um, if you have those, please share them. We would love to be able to share them on um, on the podcast and and talk about them. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Don, and and uh, share those letters, share those comments or emails. You do it anonymously. Shoot, shoot me a text. Shoot Don a text if you want. If you know us, you got our number or email, whatever. And, uh, hey, just keep me anonymous, and we'll do that. We don't mind. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we love input, too. You disagree with us? Shoot, add that in there. Another perspective. New hab- Old habits only become old when there's a new one to replace it. So That's right. there's always another perspective. All right, Ashley. Have a great week. Listeners, have a great week. I'll talk to everybody later. Bye. We would like to thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery. Visit the Work It website at workityouareworthit.com to submit your questions and topics for future episodes. And remember, work it because you are worth it. I will find you. You will ask, what will you do when you find me? I will find you, give the answer to your question, what will I do when I find you? I don't have to think, I don't have to prepare myself, when I find you, I don't have to think, I don't have to
Don't be scared of yourself. 